The Overrun is coming to Atlantic City, November 16th, the Nationwide Conference on EMS. We'll be presenting on EMS education and new media, talking about how change is here. Register online now. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Overrun. I'm Dan Schwester. I'm Anna Ryan. And today we have Frank Malillo here from Pin the Q Productions. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Hi, Frank. <laughs> Thanks for having me. That's great. Um, this is a first for us. Uh, I don't know if it's a first for Pin the Q. It doing is. a cross service oh, first thing. crossover. Yes. It's like yes. some kind of, um, you know, like the TV shows that you see where everybody. Chicago Fire and also police, but yes. like nothing really makes sense. <laughs> I get it. Please don't sue us, NBC. Yeah. <laughs> Love you. Um, but yeah, um, this is something that we've been talking about for a while. Um, we wanted to do it. We've been mu- we're mutual, you know, like we've admired what you're doing out there, and uh, you know, you've been doing some good stuff. I'm getting some really good interviews. So uh, if you're interested in the fire service or stuff, you know, um, where can they find you? Uh, uh, pin the Q Productions. Okay. Uh, we're on Instagram, like you know everyone else. Yeah, uh, us too. And and I'm pretty excited to announce that we have a website that's actually from like this era. Which is pretty cool. Oh, that's cool. You yeah, came out of like ninety three and now you're like you're yes. like up and running. That's yes. awesome. So we have a website from two thousand nineteen now and it doesn't wow. have that like construction worker halfway through the screen. Uh it's <laughs> sparkly geos yeah, it's, page. It, it's an actual website. So uh, I'm I'm excited about that. Do you so. remember Geo Cities? Yeah, of course I, I do. I do too. It was really hard to <laughs> upload pictures. Anyway. But um, But yeah, my first crossover show as well. And I, and you know, like you said, I, I agree. I like what you guys are doing too. I think it's important, you know, for uh, for everyone to, to kind of get these exposures. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, the, the, this new media thing has opened up so many opportunities for education and to kind of um, push culture and push what belief systems and kind of help our younger colleagues kind of get into a good state of mind when it comes to doing whatever job you're doing ems or fire um well, I know access man i think that like up until now like all of these resources have been like behind some kind of like access wall now you just turn on your podcast and you're good to go yeah yeah, yeah it's yeah. as close as your it's as close as your phone i mean yeah. it's pretty amazing so um you know, one of the things that always got me and, and, you know, what we wanted to talk about today is um, something that you're really, really involved with in the fire service. And uh, we want to kind of get into it. So, um, you know, one of the things that your show talks about is promoting culture, traditions and respect. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the natural thing is uh, I want to talk about how EMS can learn from the fire service mm-hmm. about culture's tradition and respect, because I don't think there's any of it in EMS. I think we also have to point out before we start that is that like we're not trying to lose EMS in fire. I think we're trying to emulate a culture that would promote something as like no, this is a, as like no, a this is a good department. point. You this is I mean? and and listen, if you're looking, uh, here's the warning. If you're looking right now for this to be a fire versus EMS thing, this yeah, isn't. It's not. Yeah, it's turn, right. turn it off. Right, go right. back to whatever you were doing. Yeah, we. These are this is a group of people here. We respect each other's roles. We expect we respect what everybody brings to the, the table. Um, you know, in an, in another life, I, w- I did volunteer as a firefighter. I, I did go to school. I was trained. Frank has been an EMT for over twenty years. Uh, served in a variety of different roles in EMS. So uh, there there's no hate here. No, this is, no, definitely not. This is about what can what can be learned. I married a firefighter, so that's basically as far as I go. Oh, good for you. <laughs> but like, he'll like really not like it if we bash that kind of profession. Yeah, so. I, I, um, I, 
honestly, I think it's interesting I'm here because anybody who truly knows me and knows what I'm about knows that I am I have lost that EMS love and passion that I once had and mm. and I I'm just being honest and real with you. It's it it was there at one time. It was a very big part of my life. Uh but over the years I think and it may maybe it is part of that cultural problem or lack thereof that put me in the state I'm in. Okay, so but let's get let's get into that. Is. Why you know, you see so much now with fire and they have just such a robust culture and there's traditions and just, a, you know, the mentality is just very different from the yes. EMS world yeah. on a variety of different things. Why do you think that is? What What's happened in the EMS world that that or what's not happening in EMS that has happened in fire? Well, I think uh, what comes to mind right away is the fire service has a, a long lasting uh, a history. It has a history that goes way back. And uh, if you look back at the early times in the, on the fire department, it all kind of started as career and then made its way to volunteer. And, and then it, it, it changed again. And now, you know, we're hurting for volunteers. And, you know, these career departments are popping up all over the place because we're, we're having a, a problem with volunteering. And that, that's an EMS as well. But I think one of the, the cultural differences is that the fire service is very old. Mm-hmm. It's been around for a long time. EMS, uh, it sounds strange to say it's a newer profession, if you will, because healthcare is so old. But it really is a is a newer it's a newer culture, if you will. Oh, and sure. The idea of actually bringing healthcare to the patient rather right. than the other way around is it's less than fifty years old. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. And, and you think back to the seventies when you know the show Emergency was on. Like really, that was huge the first, influence. That was a huge introduction to paramedics and you know field service. Yeah, so it's only huge because no one had ever seen it before. Exactly. So we're just we're that young. Right. And, and the idea when we talked about this before we started recording was that, you know, fire service, police service, all that other stuff goes back to like ancient Roman times. Like right. you guys have like worked out your kinks essentially. Yeah, and we're we're still a work in progress, believe me. Um but but I think that's one of the one of the biggest culture changes is is that the the history, you know, how how long the fire service has been around versus EMS. Yeah, I, I think that's a good point. But I guess where do we start? So let's say we want to build a culture in EMS. Let's right. let's say we, we want to stop, you know, there's this this mentality that's pervasive, this, you know, the saltiness, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the almost the underlying contempt for the job. Oh, and yeah. We've all we all fall into it at times. I mean, look, five minutes before your shift's over and you get a call for a transport that, you know, is going far out of your area. Look, nobody wants to do that. I guarantee you, you'll never find anyone more angry. Than two people on a truck who have five minutes until the end of the shift. And I absolutely agree with that. And yeah. I've been in that position. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I'll tell you, Danny, I, I think a lot of it has to do with uh, when you get your EMT, and I could tell you uh, Mike Riley <laughs> was, was one of my instructors <laughs> way back when. Uh, I remember. What up, Mike? I remember uh, like really wanting that, to get that EMT patch. You know, like meant a lot to me. And I, and I remember as soon as I got the letter from the state and I won. I'm like, I, 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 I was like, won the lottery. I'm like, holy cow, I, I got it. I went right to Red to Taylor's and I bought a patch. Right. And I bought a sticker for my car. And like, you know, it was exciting. Mm-hmm. You know, I couldn't wait. And I was obviously running on, on the volunteer squad at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I think what happens is you start getting crushed with calls and it's just from one to the next, to the next, to the next. And what you're not doing, I don't think, especially at the beginning, is you're not taking those experiences you're really making an impact on people's lives. I mean, th- that moment that 
it's a fall victim or whatever it is. Um, to them, it's huge. But to you, it's just another job. Right. right. And, and I think that's a little different in the fire service, whereas uh, we catch work. I mean, immediately after, we're already starting to debrief. We're talking about what what happened, what went wrong, what could we do better. Uh, and it's an always, uh, it's a work in progress always. We're always trying to get better on our next job, where I feel like EMS, you're just waiting for dispatch to give you your next run. Like, you don't have the time to process what you just did. Uh, and you just kind of put it away. I think that's a good point. I want to talk about the idea that, like, let's go back to the, the excitement that you had when you first got your EMT. Right. So... In the, in the class that I run, we put everyone in like little pods and everyone has like the people that they can turn to and that kind of thing. I think that the biggest shock that I had when I got my first certification, excuse me, uh, was that that brotherhood that I had in class when I went out into the world to, to serve my community, it wasn't there anymore. And I think the fire yeah. service has like become, it's automatic. Like, yeah, you're a rookie and like you're the guy who's going to clean the, like the galley or whatever. Like. <laughs> For the first year of your service, but like your you brothers better. have your back. Yeah, yeah. You better. Right. And that's and that's a thing. I mean, yeah, you you come into you come into a world where, yeah, you are the low person on the totem pole and you do get picked on and you do get some, you know, jokes and, you know, you yeah, get you get scut work. But nobody else is allowed to do that. Yeah. And your existence in the in the company is no less valued. I, then, I, you have to pay your dues, I mean, like that's a rite of passage to me. Totally, and I think right. that like in EMS too, like you know the the green person on the ambulance, like you're definitely gonna like be the guy who's picking up the guy who's been sitting in his chair for three days. Like that's yeah, you got to do what you got to do. But like in a first aid squad, it's always like who's gonna show up, kind of instead of you know my brothers have my back, and I know that like you know they may josh on me a little bit, but like they don't feel one way or another poorly about me because I'm part of their family. Well, yeah, and and I think another problem, and I'm probably going to get beat up by your by your guests uh, or by your uh, listeners. That's cool. But uh, <laughs> I, hey, I, we I, get beat up by some of our <laughs> listeners. I think I think, in, and this is just my opinion. I just think that uh, in EMS, it seems like when you are joining an agency, you are given so much right away. Where it's very different in the fire service. When you join the fire service, uh, volunteer or career, whatever it is, it takes time. To get those benefits, you, you gotta know, earn it. You do, and and I remember uh, on on my volunteer company, I remember like I had to wait to get a T-shirt. You know, you <laughs> and it sounds silly, but um, I wanted to wear a T-shirt like everyone else. But but they wanted to make sure you had stake in the game and that you weren't going to bounce. Like they wanted to make sure that if they were going to give you something, like you were going to be there in six months, or you're going to be there in th- two weeks. Uh, whereas the EMS, it, it's like you know, and. I'm not speaking for every EMS agency that won't beat me up. Just some that I've seen. No, you've seen. Listen, if you've seen, if you've seen one EMS system, you've seen one EMS system. Yeah. No, and that's part of the problem too. Um, But but going, you know, go ahead. I, you know, for example, uh, you know, a meeting night or a drill, like there has to be food. There has to be, otherwise, you know, people aren't going to show up. And and these are some of the things I've heard. You know, like oh well, we're going to give you a jacket, we're going to give you a t-shirt, we're going to give you call clothing and this and that. I I get it. You know, if if you're going to get that stuff to to better your job and because you need those things to perform great yeah, but tell me when like a brand new emt needs a brand new turnout code right like you don't i you know i just i feel like um there there should be more emphasis on the the job and learning and the, the culture end of it instead of why are why are we giving 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 just to get well, that's the thing is that like you know the, the rookie on the bottom of the totem pole he's cleaning the galley because he has to find worth 
right in maintaining his space and you have to respect your brothers by you know well, cleaning, it's all, cleaning up after a it's call all, or whatever. It's that's, also because that's what, that's what promotes the culture, though. Right, but it's also because that's yours. Right, it's right. your company's. It belongs to you. Right. It's your home. You have to show that it's important to you. Right. And how many times have you gotten into an ambulance and someone's lunch is still sitting oh, between the seats? God. And it happens. Right, but but in that, in in my opinion, I think that all goes back to pride. Yeah, like if you don't if you don't have pride in what you do, I don't care if you're working for a private ambulance service and you're doing transport, hospital, hospital, and, and whatever, you should at least have pride. Whatever patch you're wearing should mean everything to you. And yeah. if it, and if it doesn't, you need to reevaluate. And take it off. Right, you need to seriously reevaluate what you're doing. And and and, and I, I don't know. I just feel like we're losing some of that. Yeah, pride is important. I I see people. You know, like I would never see a firefighter drive around with a dirty apparatus. It would be rare. It, yeah. I mean, it, it's it, very rare. It's rare. Um, EMS, it's like, you know, you, you go, people go weeks without washing a truck. And yeah, we just had a discussion, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah, it was bad. Um, and I think it does come down to pride. I mean, do you, and it's an individual thing, but but individuals can build a culture. Well, I think that's the other thing is that Absolutely. we're not teaching pride. Pride is something that's taught. Like you're not born and like you come out like you know right. you come out of the womb and you're like, yay, I really did great. Like you know, and then you clean up your crib. Like this is something that you have to you have to be shown how to do. You're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. and and that's actually it's interesting you say that because that is one of the things I I recently had a conversation with one of the senior guys uh, at work and they're like yeah these new guys this and new guys that and I said well hold on hold on a second have you done anything to change that are you mentoring are you trying to change what's this behavior that you're watching. Yeah, we just actually started having that conversation with people on the road that we work with. It's like, you know, oh, these people are so terrible and they're so stupid. It's like, actually, this is our fault. Right. We did this yeah. to them. I, we've taught this. Yeah, we've taught this. And, or we haven't taught it. Right. And that's the bigger and, problem. And that's another thing I want to get into. You, you made a point a few minutes ago talking about what you expect in the fire service from your brand new personnel. Right. And being a rookie in a firehouse is a very, very sheltered existence you have certain roles you're expected to do certain things those are expected to be done well to the satisfaction of everybody else in the in the crew on a fire ground you are given certain assignments and you are basically watched and evaluated Mm -hmm. and you don't get more responsibility until you've started to prove that you can handle those basic things very well Mm -hmm. you're right it starts at the hydrant honestly right ems we seem to regard entry level comp- competence as expertise. Have you ever seen that cartoon with like the four animals? <laughs> where it's like, like the monkey, and it's like it's you know they they all kind of represent like different uh, branches of service. So it's like the monkey who has a baby, and it's like oh I'm going to keep you safe until you're ready to go out of the tree. And then there's a elephant who's another line of service, like oh I'll, I'll keep you safe just until you grow up. And like then it's EMS, and it's the bird, and it just kicks its baby out of thing. <laughs> Fly, bitch. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> but really, that, that's, that's true. It's perfect. It's, it's a perfect true. analogy. I mean, would we put, I mean, would anybody put a rookie firefighter in a highly individual, you know, in a, in a position on a fire ground where they'd be, ha- they'd have to have initiative. They would have to understand commands intent. Uh, they would have to operate in their own envelope. You're not putting a new guy up on the roof. limited supervision. That's really what it comes down or, to. Or, you know, a rookie on the outside vent position in a fire. I mean, that's insane. I can tell you, Doc. I think that would would it would be, it'd be weird 
to see that happen, honestly. And listen, you could be in a rural department somewhere where, you know, you're that guy maybe uh, or girl. Sure. But but Thank I would you say for the inclusion. I appreciate course, that. Of course. <laughs> uh, but I think nowadays, uh, no, that to answer that question, simply no. Uh, I, you just wouldn't do that. You know, and, and if you do, you're setting that person up for failure. And, and some people will say, well, how are they going to learn unless they're put? No. Okay. I don't, I don't believe in that. I, you know, you can't set people over failure. Yeah. You, you have to, yeah, you, you have to cultivate these individuals. It's a great point. And we do it all the time in EMS and it's a lesson that we can learn. And this is, you know, from your FTOs mm-hmm. and your preceptors right. and your super first line supervisors, you got to understand these brand new EMTs and paramedics are just that. Well, let's go back to that. They can hit fastballs. Yeah. But yeah, but the curveballs curveballs they they need guidance. They need follow-up. They you, you know, an entry-level medic, I would expect Here's what I expect and we've talked about this with entry-level competence and you know when we've had this like here's an entry-level medic. If you're going to a chest pain call, I expect that that medic to be able to do simple pattern recognition on the ECG to be able to determine do they have fireman's hats on the 12 lead or not give aspirin or don't give aspirin, do your first-line treatments without with a minimum of supervision. Without shitting the bricks. Right, Afterwards, right, right, right. they're going to need guidance. They need follow. They can't, you know, they can't find a posterior MI. Mm-hmm. And I got news for you for the senior medics out there who say, well, that's ridiculous. You couldn't either. I couldn't do it when I was new. Neither could you. Why do we do this to them? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And Go back to whatever you And back to, back to what you were saying about the FTO position, which I'm so glad you brought that up. Uh, I think that that is one of the major cultural differences between fire and EMS. Uh, whereas, and I, and I can speak firsthand to this because I've been on many EMS agencies where you just, you're there. Yeah, <laughs> good luck. Right? You're, I, I can, I'm not going to mention names, but I was hired at one and they, they hired me and they said, okay. Have fun. Ne- never tested my skill set, but just needed to know I had the certification. Right. And next thing you know, within five minutes, I'm on, I'm on the bus, I'm going to work. Yeah, you have a pulse and a patch. So at the fire service, especially with the agency I work for, uh, when I'm part of the hiring process and I sit on the uh, on the in the interview board, I ask specific questions about you know scenario based questions about what you will do in this situation or that situation, and I want to see how they they react. But on top of that, once we hire them, I put them into scenarios. Mm-hmm. Uh, we mm-hmm. we do drill we do drills that are based on those skill sets, and. Um, you know, New Jersey is the right to work state. So, if I see that you, I bring you in, and you don't have that skill set, uh, bye, Felicia. Bye. Like I, I'm not trying to be a jerk. I'm just saying that uh, you know, if you're telling me that you you possess these skills, you had better possess these skills. And I think we're in EMS. We're not everyone, but some some agencies just hire you because you have a cert. So now you're on the bus, and the, your partner. I mean. Ha- how important is your partner in EMS? I mean, is there anything more important? No, no. I think I think well myself, <laughs> but past that. But uh, but I mean, I'm as, a very it, important person on that truck. All right, all right. <laughs> I hear but I mean, as far as like your work environment, how bad can a 12-hour tour be with a, sh- with oh. a shitty partner, or well. or a burned-out partner, or right. just a lazy just partner, an or you look or you look at the schedule and you're like, like, oh, it's no. exhausting. Right, you're pissed off before you even get to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a problem. You know, I think it's interesting, too, that like the idea that we're throwing people onto an ambulance just because they have a certification, which is 
it's become the cultural norm and that's fine but then we're going to ridicule them for the like the entry level that they are right you know what i mean like we're going to take them apart bit by bit just because you know oh this person can't land an iv to save their life like did you show them how to do that and if you didn't then you don't have any grounds right have you tried to examine why they're not successful right um, and I can promise you that probably happens more in the fire service than it does ever in EMS. If someone, you know, doesn't attach something to a hydrant well, someone's going to show them how to do it because it's, it's vital to the job. 100%. Yeah. Or more likely day one when they get there, it's going to be, this is what we expect. This is how oh, you will do it. Oh, the expectation thing is something we have to touch on too because the only thing that EMS is expected to do is run a call. There is no actual, like, the, you have a certification, therefore you have the skill. It's like, actually, I expect you to execute your skills in this manner. Mm-hmm. And that's never something that's talked no. about. All of my first days never had that happen. No, that's true. Yeah, I mean that, that's a good point. I, I mean, I, I don't think Mic any drop. EMS agency I've ever worked for gave me their expectations ever. Um, and, and I worked for you know a pretty big hospital system at one time, and in a very very urban, very busy uh, <laughs> uh, department. Mm-hmm. Right, seventeen, eighteen jobs in, in you know in a twelve hour shift wasn't uncommon. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, that burns you out quick. Right. Um, but, yeah, I agree with you. I think that that, that is part of the problem. Let's, the get, let's get back to this idea of the grind. And you were talking about this, that the, the, the grind of EMS calls as, re, as a yeah. part of, you know, yes. as related to fire. And you see this. Like, you can, you can open up, like, you know, Firehouse Magazine or go on the Internet and you see the, the runs and you see the busiest engine companies or ladder companies. And you see the busiest ambulances or paramedic units right and it's two three times a total oh, and i God. look at some of these units and i'm like There's how no are you doing ten thousand runs a year and you know how do you maintain that resilience how do we how do we how do the fire how does the fire service deal with the minutiae the, the the realization that for the most part the big three four alarm fires are are a rarity you're going to see maybe yeah, a handful of them in your career. Fire prevention and everything. Right. Yeah, you're going to yeah. see that. You're going to see a, a rarity of them. Right. You're going to see a very small amount in your career, just like we will with the really, truly, truly sick uh, entrapments or you know the really, really hot calls. Yeah, most of the calls that uh, that Joe goes on is you know some old lady forgot she was cooking. Right. Yeah. We, we of course we get those. I mean, you, and you, those are the majority of the yeah, calls. Your smells mm-hmm. and bells and your AFA. Right. So how do you smells and bells? Smells and bells. I like yeah. that. Awesome. Yeah. How do you? So that's got to drag a company down. That's got to drag firefighters down. How, what what keeps it, like, what keeps... Training. Okay. I was about to say, it has to be drills. So, yeah, so for us, training is, uh, is, is huge. It should be huge. Um, and I think because we're not catching the work like we used to catch back in the day. And, you know, I had an opportunity to go meet with guys from FDNY, and I sat and talked with these guys who were in their 70s. In right. the 80s, uh, and these are the guys in a warrior. Yeah, that was a, those. That was really an amazing. And, and I'll tell you what, uh, Doc, that put a lot of things in perspective for me because you sit and talk to these guys who were doing work and fires, like finishing a work and fire, going right to the next and to the next and to the next, and these guys are catching like six or seven jobs in a day. Right. Uh, and one of the questions I asked uh, them was like, "How'd you keep it together?" And they said, "We we didn't have any choice. We were just busy going to fires." We didn't have time for the BS. We didn't have time for drama. We didn't have time for arguments. And mm-hmm. it's so true. Like, if you look at your busy houses, they don't have the drama that goes on. And, you know, when firehouses are slow, it's a very dangerous time. Right. So how do you fill that? When fire, be realizing that not, 
you know, not every firehouse is going to be a Dennis Smith book. Right. How do you how do you fill in those times? Because I can tell you in EMS how we do it. You go to the couch. You turn on the Maury TV. Povich. Or you bitch about. Oh my God, Law and Order marathons. Or you sit and bitch. Or NCIS. NCIS. Right. It's mm-hmm. it's my um you know it's my ha- it's my uh, Mark Harmon theory. You can go into any EMS station anywhere in the country you are at any time. You are Gibbs. You just don't smack people, which is and nice. And NCIS will be on. Yeah. <laughs> in one TV or another. I uh, I have to tell you, it's I don't know why it's different, Danny, but it is. And I'll tell you, the, the people in the firehouse, you're, you're four guys. In our, in our case, there's four guys on, on the truck. Um, everyone wants to be there. You know? Yeah. Oh it, my god, that's a really good point. You know, and uh and I think that's I don't know if I answered your question, but I, I think everyone wants to be there. So for me, uh we're doing ten hour shifts there. When when it's like almost time to go home, I'm like, Oh man, it's time to go home already. Like I never look at my watch at work. I, I just I'm just happy to be here. Mm-hmm. And of course we have downtime and you know, what do we do on downtime? We watch, you know, YouTube and we watch like a training video, and then I make him watch Pendy Q episodes. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> gotta boost Look, that. Uh, you gotta you boost content, that viewership. Yeah, yeah. They, the poor guys. Uh, you know, on, as soon as I come in for the tour, like, oh, we're gonna watch an episode. Yep. But um, sure will. I, I sure I, will. I think most of it is, you know, for for the most part, in my experiences anyway, those four people that we work, they want to be there. Yeah, I don't have a time where like my husband doesn't want to go in. Right. Yeah, like, and, like and when he's and when he's working EMS shifts, he's a miserable cuss, and I hope he's listening. But <laughs> when he, like before he got the job that he's in now, he was working for a uh, a police department EMS organization, right? Um, and he, miserable. Yeah, just what? hated it. His partner was terrible. He not terrible, but like they didn't have a great relationship, and the calls were wearing, and like that kind of thing. He got this job uh, at a fire department, and now he is just a joyful. It's almost yeah. You look forward to going to work every day, and. You know, I, I I know I'm like probably like your worst guest, honestly, for the culture in EMS because <laughs> I I can tell you, you know, when a, a, a very close to where you live, town mm-hmm. EMS agency I worked for, uh, I was roped in by my my best friend mm-hmm. Frank Polino, all right. <laughs> so Frank Frank's like, hey, you have to come work with me. You like you don't have a choice. So because it's Frank, I have no choice. I do have to. I'm like, ah. Oh. So I I go to work and. You know, it's twelve hours, right? It's right. not. It's, you mm-hmm. know, this is gonna be twelve hours. So, <laughs> like, all I want to do is just get breakfast. If I could just get breakfast, I'd be happy. I want my coffee and like a sandwich. That right? Could, is that right. too much asked for? Like, uh, and with, of course, you know, as soon as you sit down, man. Not an EMS, right? They're calling you. So we just had it the other day. We had to birth a baby. It was gross. <laughs> I didn't have yeah, coffee, I, and I was I, mad. I I, I had the <laughs> pr- pleasure of doing that too. Pleasure is a weird it, word for that. Yeah, I don't That's know if it was pleasure. What? I my my she was you know. I, <laughs> I'm not going to get into it. It was the most my, extraordinary thing I've ever done yes. before coffee, but it was also disgusting. My only request is that she didn't poop on me. I swear, that was the, the only. Baby I said, poops though. That's not cool. Right. We're but, digressing. We're, we're moving off but, topic. But, but yeah. But <laughs> well, here's the, here's Dan pulling everybody back. Yeah. That that was the only request I had with the patient. Uh, so anyway, yes, I I, I think that. Um, People that go to work and they're happy, I think it makes a huge difference, man. Like, I, I really do. I think that you going to work happy and wanting to be there is happy. Yeah, I, I, I can speak from personal experience with that. I, mm-hmm. I was just came out of a job that I was very unhappy with, and it was not a good fit. And 
it was the job I thought I always wanted to have, and it turned out to not be. It was about the antithesis of everything I had hoped for. Some of it's on them, some of it's on me, and that's okay. But I can tell you coming back, um, you know, to the road and to a very busy paramedic unit in a very diverse area, and we run all day, and I, I got to tell you, I have a smile on my face. I enjoy it. And you know what? It's not that I know I'm going to go to work and save a life every day. It's that I'm going to go help people. I'm going to see a couple funny things. Yeah. I might bump into a couple friends. Uh, generally, I'll get a cup of coffee. I'll get okay. to have some lunch. Occasionally, maybe I'll get to sit by the water and if just lucky. take in a pretty day. But you take the little things. You take the little pleasures of it. And I think that's where you start. And then by enjoying it, you start to take pride in it. So and I think that you want to wash the truck. And I want to, wa- you know, I want the truck to be clean because it reflects pride. me. It's that's who pride. I am. You have pride in what you, and that's what I was saying earlier. Like you, you just said it. You want to do this and you want to do that. You keep saying that. That's what I'm trying to say. If you right. want to be at work and you want to do those, those things and wash the truck, that all comes back to pride. So, at what time are we going to say that that's some personal responsibility? Like, why why is it that, you know, the EMS agency or the fire department has to do that? Why do we have to be the ones to tell you to do this? Right? I shouldn't have to teach you pride. Like, that should come from within. If you don't want to be where you're at, again, it's time to reevaluate and see if this is really what you want to do. No, that's I think a- that's half of it, though. I think that, like, the rest of, like, showing how to express pride, maybe that's the thing. It's like, if you know, people don't sign up for the fire academy because, like, you know, mommy and daddy told them to. Like, right. those are the people that are going to fail out. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, the people who come through our EMT class, like, if they're just not in it for the actual work, I don't see them very long. That is what it is. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to teach them how to express the pride that they've already kind of invested into the class. But then the question is, how do we transfer this mindset with that culture? <laughs> I don't know. That's a tough question. Wash more trucks. Well, no, it's it's more than that. It is. It's and and we've talked about this in other shows. We call mm-hmm. it toxic heroism. Yes. It's this this mistaken belief of what the job truly is. And you know, I think other places have figured this out. And listen, you're going to see you're going to be you're going to always see cranky burned out people and everything and you know, I every, I can tell every you profession doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. You know, the the fire service isn't full of you know, people who are completely thrilled with every aspect of their existence. No, there's and, always you know, salty dogs everywhere. That's you know, just the way it's going to be. But they're the minority. Yeah, you, um, but you can find that in an office setting, too. There's right. always going to be someone who's not happy with where they are. And I think this is where you start. I think you start with the individual thing. I think, you know, I, I'm going to argue anybody that knows me or knows where I work, no names, we're busy. We run mm-hmm. a lot. And a lot of calls we go on probably could go either way with or without us and not a huge difference. Um, I think there are some, you know, I I think that there's some opportunities that we have to do good. Mm -hmm. Um, I think a lot, very, very rarely do we get the opportunity to truly change someone's trajectory or someone's life. Um, And that's okay. But I think we're, you know, I think this starts off in training. I think our initial training as opposed to firefighting initial training, even mm-hmm. at the volunteer level, it's this indoctrination, so to speak, where uh, this mindset starts. Yeah. Like what you do, you know, 
you know, it's not, EMS is not about saving lives. It's about helping people. Right. It's a helping profession. And that may be, you know, that little old lady who fell, you're going to pick them up and you're going to make sure they're okay. And you're going to make sure they have food in their refrigerator and you're going to do the, make sure they have family. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's nothing medical about that. No, it's all about how you relate to a human being, which is different than the fire culture. Fire culture is how you relate to your brothers and how you do a job. Whereas EMS is more about how you do your job and how you make someone else not feel like crap. Okay. Uh, I can speak to that, you know, with um, Polino. I'll, I'll go back to Frank. I watch him. Shout Frank. What's up? And he's a man. <laughs> so, Hi, Frank. I mean, he's a pain in my ass too, but, <laughs> but, but in a good way. He always trying to make me better. Um, the thing about him is what I, I envy him, whereas on EMS calls, the personal touch that he has, if you will, mm-hmm. that bedside manner is enormous. Like, I don't have that. I, 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 I'm not going to say I'm not nice to people and I don't do what I have to do, of course, but he brings it to that next level. Like, he makes it personal. I remember one call we were on and, uh, you know, it, was, it wasn't a big call, big deal. It was just a, it was a run. Right, but uh, he by the end, of, and I was driving. And I, you know, I, I can hear him in the back with the patient and stuff. And from from patient contact, from the moment of patient contact, it was that hand on the wrist, "Hey, how are you?" You know, all that kind of stuff. And I was listening to him in the back of the rig, and he was like talking about back in the day, and talking about their family, and talking about this guy's profession, and all this stuff. And at the end, you know, we were leaving the hospital, and the, and the patient was like, "Hey, thank you." You know, you, you, this was such a terrible day. You, you make me feel so much better. And I, I took something from that that day. I remember saying, like, leaving and saying to him in the truck, like, man, that's awesome. Like, how, how you just took that call. Like, for me, it was just a call. You know what I mean? I, I, it was just a run. We got to pick the patient up, bring him to the hospital, and do what we have to do. Um, but he brought it to that, like, personal level, and I envy that. Like, I think if people can do that in your profession, it's huge. I think it's a necessity. I think you absolutely have to have that the ability to connect with another human being if you're going to be on this side of things. If you're not and you don't, then and I don't want to sound like callous and be like, well, maybe fire is for you, but like yeah. you don't have as much human contact. Right. I, but but the question I think is, is how do you do that every day, day in and day out, and, yeah. and not take a toll on you? So the biggest thing that I think as far as like the toll goes, there's a big red letter word that is floating around now in the services uh, and everyone's heard it. It's, it's building resiliency. So you're looking at like, do you have enough resiliency to, to, to last in this field? Right. And I think we have a misconception as to what it is that word actually means when it comes to like providing. We always look at like the big, you know, everything's a big call. I had a big fire. I had a big, you know. EMS call, someone wasn't breathing, I had to deal with someone screaming in my ear to save their family or their dog or whatever else. And that's, those are big impacts. And there's a big, you know, there's a theory out there and it's, it's been a theory that's been around for like a very long time. But the idea is that like things kind of compound on each other. It's called a whole bunch of different phrases, but for the audience, we'll call it the bucket effect. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So everything's going to kind of compound and fill your bucket up. The idea of resiliency, and we'll, we'll clarify this now, is not that your bucket is full. It's what your bucket is made of. So if you are going on 18 calls in a shift, your bucket is going to wear down, right? You're going to see a whole bunch of stuff, and that is what it is, but your bucket's going to rust, and it's going to start getting holes in it and all that other stuff. So if you're not addressing the integrity of what's containing your experiences, you're just going to you're gonna pop at one point. Yeah. And that's where we start to see like the mental health dif- dysfunction come in. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and yeah, I think that w- with any of the emergency service fields, I mean, you're going to, yeah, absolutely. So how does fire deal with that? 
Well, <laughs> yeah. well, interesting. Uh, I I can speak firsthand. I, I'm going to plug uh, an in, an individual in a company, or not, I I shouldn't say company, but organization. So next wrong. Yes, okay. next wrong. Next wrong. They're doing huge things All as right. far as uh, mental health goes. So when you when you ask that question, mm-hmm. th- th- the simple answer is next wrong, and and the reason I say that is because what they're doing for the fire service anyway is they're not they're not claiming to be the mental health professionals for fire service they're they're not doing that what they're saying is hey we're here pick up a phone call us Mm -hmm. and if you are in need of clinical help they give you the resources that you need Mm -hmm. to obtain that clinical help and i think that's i I think that's something that is happening now a little bit in in, uh, in the fire service if we uh if we can talk about that for a moment sure i feel like there's a lot of individuals um that are putting themselves out there as, you know, mental health professionals. Mm. And that's scary. So the problem with that, I think, is that, and we talked about this beforehand, this is a very slippery slope. Very. When you start to talk about the, um, the construct of someone's psyche and how stress is going to impact them as a generalization, you're not addressing individual response. Right. And one of those, like the problem with that is that like, you're going to get the guy who's on the outlier and now you've given him all this advice, and he's still going to kill himself, right? And that's and and then that weighs on that individual. That how do you live with that? You know, yeah, how do you sleep I, at night? So I think don't. the <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, friend, friend, friend. <laughs> Solvi really come, here. come on, he's he's fine. Fine. okay. Come on, Solvi, he's cool. So it's interesting. So it's one of like let's let's put some theory behind the idea that mental health is not a blanket statement. So. Number one, we do have uh, some studies that have been done. In 2017, the Rudiman Family Foundation came out with the, uh, a study that pr- um, basically produced numbers to what it is that we already suspected. Mm. So what they found was that police, firefighters, they kind of lumped EMS in with firefighting, which is fine because that's what happens in most of the country. Um, as opposed to a uh, nationwide average of about maybe 6% of people who would consider suicide after a high stress situation were at 37. Wow. That's gigantic. That's like, and this is one of those things. Like I have, I have my own little program that like I've been giving out to EMS and I kind of want to bridge over to other people, but this is the theory behind it. Um, people who have, uh, actually attempted suicide is 0.5 on a normal population basis. Right. It is 6.6% for first responders. Wow. 5.1%. That's like, let the numbers sink in for a second. Yeah, that's it's, huge. It's, it's disgusting. It's mind boggling. It's huge. But the problem is that when people come across as being mental health professionals, kind of as a blanket statement, there's right. no way to reach that, those kinds of numbers with that kind of effect. So well, you have to personalize it. Right. I, I think one of the things that that's important is, is vetting, uh, vetting individuals before obtaining resources, because, you know, you, you take this next wrong organization, for example, mm-hmm. They've they've done a lot of research, and yeah. and, and they've uh, made sure that the people that they surround themselves with are actual mental health professionals, people that they know they're confident in when they mm-hmm. when they refer someone they know they're getting the right help because you know when I spoke to Blake uh, who's one of the, the the founders, who's a firefighter in Georgia, mm-hmm. uh, he said what keeps him up at night is not being able to get that call that he wanted to, that he needed to get. Yeah. So. And one of my questions to him on the show was, how do you do that? How do you put yourself out there and have all these pressures on you from Mm -hmm. all these outside sources, but at the same time, you're still a firefighter? 
So you're still dealing with death. You personally are dealing with your your marriage, you know, your marriage, your family, your s- internal stresses, external stresses. Like, yeah. how, how do you take on such a huge responsibility? I think that th- that's the other thing is that in managing grief or in managing pain, the idea is that you don't necessarily have to have like a mental health background. You just have to be there. And that's the thing right. is that like, that's what know, I like about what they do. Yeah. Right. And like is like attracts like. So EMS personnel are going to probably go to people who ride on ambulances mm-hmm. and police officers are going to go to people who are in another car and like right. firefighters the same way. But you don't have to psychoanalyze someone in order to help them. You just have to be there and let them kind of work through their grief. Pain is pain and pain is healthy. It sucks. Yeah. It's not the greatest thing to go through, but you either go through it with someone or if you're alone, it becomes harder. It's a, it's more of a burden. So that's essentially what Next Ring does. Yeah, they're, that's exactly what they do. And and again, they don't proclaim to be mental health professionals and by any stretch of imagination, they don't use other people's content. They, all they do is provide a resource. Yeah, just be there. Right. And that's the thing. Is like, and even if you're just a conduit to a phone number, right. it's still right. someone who is there and then someone who can help you. And that's kind of what we like preach on this side of things is that like, I don't, I'm not going to... I'm not going to push you towards help if you're not ready to do so. I'm not a mental health professional, but you can come and talk to me because I know how to talk to other people. It, it's funny because, you know, when I started this, this show, I had I never had any uh, intention of, you know, it's saving a life or, or sure. being a mental health platform or, or any of that. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the episodes uh, I had did, um, you know, was great and everything was perfect and you know, we talked about some mental health stuff and then someone who watched the show mm-hmm. who watched that episode reached out to me and told me that after watching the episode it They realize that they're not they drew up some some emotion and they feel like they're not de- dealing with a particular incident too well and immediately I contacted Next Wrong and I'm like, mm-hmm. Listen, you you know, you gotta and I gave that person a resource and stuff. Um but I just found it interesting that that wasn't even my intention. Well, that's the thing, too, is that like being on this kind of platform, people who need support are going to find it in weird places. Yeah, like, that's the yeah, thing. Like, you know, you yeah. can watch a podcast. You can watch an episode of Sep- Sesame Street and be like just streaming tears down your face. Something has been brought up. Right. But it's the it's the idea that there are people who are open about these things. The stigma is gigantic. And it's one of those things oh, where yeah, like, you know, you know, you can't seek help because it makes you somehow less than what or, you're supposed yeah. to be. And it's well, honestly, depending on the culture, you're, you know, you're considered weak. Yeah, well, that's the yeah. other thing. Is like EMS yeah, that's culture. A big problem. Yeah, EMS culture. I'm gonna sit next to my partner for 40 hours a week or something like that. But if he knows that I've had a bad reaction to, let's say, we can go dead baby if you want to, because that's like the worst thing that could happen yeah. to a person. But Been what about that? Yeah, but what about grandma who's in the nursing home who's not being taken care of, or like the low fidelity stuff that fills your bucket? So if that's the case, and I look at my partner and say, I'm having a feeling about this, and somehow that makes their opinion different than mine, they've isolated me. Right. I'm totally by and myself that, now. And that leads to the burnout, and that leads yeah. to the every call is BS, and leads to the, we have a lot of people who've been damaged uh, by repetitive, low-stress stuff. You know what, though? It leads to more than just the burnout. It leads to the anxiety. It leads to the depression. It leads it to leads the to dysfunction. It leads to eating our young. It leads to it's not caring about your job. It leads to and I think the idea that like we're sitting here talking about mental health or mental illness, I think that that's, it's, it's too small. I think if you're going to talk about something, I have a depressive condition. This is what I live with, and mm-hmm. that's fine. I have diabetes. I manage my diabetes. It's a condition that I live with. I have an anxiety disorder. I manage my anxiety. This is, you know, this is just who I am now. Mm-hmm. But if it's something that I'm not dealing with, and we talk about this in uh, in first, 
is those kinds of reactions to even low level stuff keeps your your anxiety and your fight or flight turned all the way up it's a physiological response it's a natural response natural doesn't always mean good right, right you know right. almonds are good but cyanide's yeah. bad yeah. um <laughs> <laughs> well <laughs> now that you put it that way no but if if i'm going to stay up my body at one point or another is going like your psyche is going to start to want to turn it down at one point or another. So if you're good, that's where we start seeing like the PTSD where things start kind of like leaking out. You hear screaming in the night, you hear, you know, you can't be in a crowded room, that kind of thing. Um, anxiety can breed suicidal ideations mm -hmm. just because it's so much going on all the time. The only answer is to turn it all off. You know, people start drinking because it's a depressant. It feels good. Hmm. Once you're sober, everything's turned back up again. So we see more and more substance abuse. But this is the product. Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah, I on mean that's th that's on yeah, the I nose. Mean, you're summing it up. Yeah, you're when summing you put it like that, and, like you, you really think about what you just said. It's it's 100 percent true. I think it's interesting too that we don't talk about it like as freely as we are around the table. Well, I can tell you in the oh. fi in the fire service, it's not widely accepted. Here's my problem with this. I'm ready. Go ahead. I'm on a, I'm on a pedestal. So in the fire service, we talk about brotherhood, mm -hmm. right? I have your back because you're a fellow firefighter, that kind of thing, right? For whatever reason, what do you think the reason is that emotion is so crunchy with that group? Well, because of what I said earlier, that the fire service is pretty old. Mm -hmm. um, some of our senior firefighters that are uh, our senior guys and girls in the house, uh, not my house particularly, but just in general, mm -hmm. feel that that's your job. And okay. They're what I've gotten back from a lot of those guys are, look, you just do your job and you it's not your position to worry about how you feel because you're mm. being paid to do a job. So do your job. That's very transactional. Yeah. Now, of course, that's not the right attitude. But no, but if we see that there's but, numbers. But in terms but in terms of uh, acceptance and in terms of, uh, you know, the buy in, if you will, it's not widely accepted in the fire service. I think. Now, it's getting more and more uh, accepted because of in institutions like Nexron and mm -hmm. people like yourself that are looking to make make the services better for people with your mental health. But no, I don't think it's widely accepted. So if we change the mindset, now I'll give a little bit of background because like I don't want to sit here and say that I'm a mental health professional either. I do have uh, education in psychology with a focus in mental health. I'm not done with the degree yet, but I've been doing this for four years, and like there's a little bit of context and theory behind what like what I like to talk about. Um, that being said, if we're in a mindset where what we talk about is taboo because it's just the way it is, it's transactional, then let's relate this to how firefighters work out, right? You have time during your shift in order to like go lift some, like pump some iron, and, like, yeah. push yeah. some weight around, like, nice. right, right. So if we're giving time to work on our bodies and then the, the natural reaction that we're having to like big stress things can be kind of worked out in like that kind of physical aspect. What I'm saying is that the stress that we feel kicks off a physiological response. It is a natural way that that's going to happen. It's not that someone else's bad day isn't your bad day. It's that someone else's bad day is going to affect your day because you can't control that. So why is it that a conversation about mental health or the stigma that surrounds mental health is related to being weak instead of relating it to being like Iron Man? I'm just working out my shit. Yeah. Well, well, because historically, that's how it's always been. Right. 
it no, generationally you didn't talk about it. And like, that's the phrase that kills. And us. you talk about like I I remember my my grandfather and my great uncles coming back from World War II. I mean, yeah, it wasn't discussed. Sure, <laughs> you didn't talk about it. You know, there wasn't any sharing of experiences. You know, um, very rarely did you hear a story. You know, you know because it's, it's funny, Doc. You're talking about that because I, I recently spoke to a guest who told me that uh, for all this time they thought the grandfather in the war the grandfather was in a band. When he realized there was no band. Oh man! <laughs> right, and I was today and, years uh, old when I found out and, there and, was no band. And he told me he's like he was on the front lines, like he was in he was in the shit. Right. But throughout his whole childhood, his grandfather told him he was in the band. In the, in the military. They, if, they don't funny, talk about Funny it. grandfather story. Just talk about, you know, awards. Like, I I got, one time I got a, a Valor Award. You know, it happens. Oh, and, no big uh, deal. I well, just got a Valor Thank you for your award. service. Thank, you for your, <sighs> thank service. you for your service. Thank you for your service. Everybody, everybody I was telling you, you know, and I, and I was like, hey, you know, and he goes, so, uh, so I told him, he goes, ah, tell me the story. He goes, uh, so would you do it again? And I go, I don't know. It was kind of crazy. And he goes, medals are what you get. For getting away with what you shouldn't have done in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's and awesome. this is a guy who's got, you know, his, 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 he got medals. And I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's awesome. that's a good point, right? I like it, yeah. <laughs> so here's the thing. We're talking about all this stuff and it is cultural and there is there are traditional barriers and stuff. This is going to be a long term thing. The fire sure. service is embracing it. And you see as the younger generations coming up, they're doing that. And, you know, we're, we're EMS, we're talking about things. So, like, what can we do in the short term as EMS, as clinicians, as, you know, individual providers, as team members, as a department? You know, some of the things that can we, what can we do to help this along, to start building those cultures, those traditions, and respect for the job? I, I think the easy answer, which, of course, isn't going to be easy, but is to find that love again that passion for what like why did you know this is what i tell some of the guys that are losing losing their patience in a job or they don't want to do job anymore okay. or say silly things mm-hmm. what got you into this in the first place do you remember how hard you had to work to get here and you realize that behind you there's a hundred other guys and girls who want your job mm-hmm. so that's a great point you know so what you should do is is find that find that love and passion you once had because it, it has to be there otherwise what the hell are you doing i mean you can't tell me you're you're here for the paycheck because you know i mean god ems they don't make anything what they should make in nope my, in my opinion and is and i'm not just saying this because you're not. sitting here <laughs> sure i think not. ems level entry position should be a hundred thousand a year at a minimum for what you have to do and what you have to bring home Panicky productions day. for president, and, and, <laughs> and all our you and all our that. listeners are screaming right now. They're like, yeah. "Yes, yeah!" And that's just listen. You you just don't get paid enough for what you do. I mean, you know. And I did the work. It's it's so taxing, uh, mentally draining and physically draining. And I think that's an excellent point because I, you know, you have those moments. Everybody has those bad days. And listen, anybody who knows me from, you know, when I started. Yeah, there were dark periods and there were times when I was just like, oh, Jesus, I got to go on this call again. Mm-hmm. This is such this is garbage. And, you know, you you tell yourself one of the things that we say in EMS. Like, oh, well, I don't do this in front of the patient. You do. You it just, just doesn't come out. Oh, they're there. They're subtle. They're cues. There. Right. They're there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I and I like how you get back to your passion, you know, reconnect with the passion. What did you love about it? What did mm-hmm. you feel? Find find the happy place. Right. It's there. It's still there. It has to be. You know, um, this because, goes back to your resilience. 
Right. Like right. this is this is and like you know I'm the mental health person, so this is what's going to happen here. Is that like this goes back to your passion for things is your is how 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 strong is your bucket? Yeah. Right. So I'm going to take all of these 18, 50 calls in a shift. That's a lot. Right. Oh, but I, I was doing that. I mean, it, it was it. Oh yeah. It it, it sucks. <laughs> Right, but if you can root yourself in the idea that you're here for a reason and you worked really hard and you really care about this profesh- uh, profession, your bucket rusts slower. It's not going to not rust. Oh, I agree. And no. I think a lot of that has to do with the support system that you have. Yeah. I mean, right. if if you're unsupported, your bucket's going to rust quick. Right? Yeah, real quick. And, it, and here's another thing. You know, one of the things that I noticed with the fire service, you guys have a job. Um, I wanted to say that today. You got to uh, say, job town, bro. Yeah, job town. Job town. Job town. Job town. Job town. Go get them, brothers. <laughs> <laughs> you knew that was coming. Yeah, yeah, all guys are awesome. It's um, what we like. Honestly, in our shift, we we have to like yell that like twice a day. We and do every least, time. It's every time. Hilarious. Go get them, um, brothers. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> but here's something that for your first line supervisors, your dispatch supervisors, uh, your agencies, you're gonna run these people hard. You have to. It's the nature of the game. Right. Okay. But take a lesson from the fire service. You guys catch a job or you do some, you're putting in some work and you you do a real, and it's a very, very physically taxing oh, job. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. And especially if there's a fatality or if there's something that happened that was more stressful than normal or a mayday or something like that, that company comes out of service for a little while. Yes. Not the rest of the shift. Nobody gets three days off. It's not this whole big thing, but they get, an hour or two to go back to quarters, they get a shower, they get some food, mm-hmm. they get a cup of coffee, mm-hmm. they sit for a few minutes, maybe they start cleaning, you know, but they re- there's a reset. You know what's important there, too, is that they get and, to do all of those things and then they debrief. Right. And... That's that's a great point. That's a huge difference. And I think, and I think in EMS, I think if we want to start addressing the burnout issue and the the toxic issues that Mm -hmm. that are in the service, I think we need to take a lesson from the fire service and say, you've got a medic crew or an EMS crew that just did a hot call, like a a difficult airway or a bad trauma or a MCI or something like that, and if you're putting them back into the loop afterwards. You are hurting your people. Hurting you your are hurting your morale. 100%. And mm-hmm. you are hurting your organization because it's going to pay you back tenfold. It's going to pay you back because they're not going to give a shit about your truck. Right. They're not going to give a shit about your organization. They're not going to give a shit about the people you serve. You know what Maybe I feel bad just, about? Just a half an hour. You're okay? absolutely right. Yeah. A just a difference. half an hour. You know what I built, take, that per, take that crew, put them out of service for a half an hour, and tell your dispatch supervisors just to zip it. Yeah. Stop worrying about clearing the damn board. Take them out of service for 30 minutes. Let them go get a cup of coffee. Let them go get a sandwich. Let them go clean their stuff up properly. And let them talk for five or 10 minutes yeah. before you put them back into the loop. You know, I feel and I think for, you would for the, see uh, for the aftermath a big change. Of that is let's put an EMS crew out who has done something gigantic, mm-hmm. right? Who is. You know, you're not ready. And there's no, and that's the thing. And, and again, we're going to come back to this program, but we preach the idea that like you're never coming back to zero on a shift. You're going to come back to function. You're mm-hmm. not going to come back to zero. Right. right. So you're nowhere close to function again and you're going to send me out. I feel bad for that patient. Oh, you're oh, absolutely right because that's absolutely. who's going to pay. That yeah. patient's going to pay. That next patient is absolutely the one that's going to suffer. Yep. And it's definitely going to yeah. be the patient who's like, I stubbed my toe three weeks ago. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I had to intubate backwards. Or, or, no. or you know who else is going to pay? 
that brand new EMT, that kid that just came out of school, that's yep. on that volunteer truck or that inner facility truck because he's working his way up, paying his dues mm-hmm. in our business, which is that's what it is. Right. Yep. And that poor kid is going to get blown up by some cranky, pissed off medic yep. who hasn't yep. had a chance to come down <laughs> from just what got, they've dealt with. Oh, it's so I funny. just got vitals. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. What no. do you mean? You know, the horn comes yeah. out of your forehead. It's like, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> and this poor kid, real, and this poor kid, we're teaching him that that is the appropriate response to everything. And yeah. five years from now, watch that kid because he's going to be the cranky jerk who's treating everybody with disdain yeah, who picks up grandma and throws her back in bed don't call us again if you're on the floor like that's yeah. it or or you know oh you overdose again i'm not even showing up i shouldn't even be doing this for you because oh. you know you know or yeah. everything is Narcan bullshit ninjas the, and the the burnout in ems is huge and that's why yeah right and it, i think if you just had a policy where you know if you started saying as an organization listen we are not going to do this to our people even if you have a unit that's getting slammed okay how about rotate them out like trade up with a slow unit say mm-hmm. hey you know what i want you to go head into medic two's area for a little while and you're going to take a couple hours go get something to eat catch up on your charts Give them a couple hours just to decompress, then throw them back in the well, let's Let's talk about culture for a minute now, right? Yeah, so when I listen to that, immediately what I think is how many other people in buses close by are going to pick up that call for you? Because I know oh, you. Oh, that's a huge thing. Oh, Stepping yeah, no up, one steps right? up. No one's doing that, man. No. I can no. tell you right now. Now, in the fire service. It's a rarity. There are people that are still doing it out there, but well, it's a rarity. Well, let's good. talk about why it's a rarity. Because everyone's just as burned out as the next guy. Absolutely. Right. And, and you know, you would avoid that job if you could where in the fire service someone else gets a, a job you're listening you're like oh man i hope they call us oh, I, oh i'm in the area oh we got a crew in the area like everyone's trying yeah. to jump on each other to, to, and sure. I, I think that's a big difference in, in uh you know cover cu- culturally, culturally. Cover and that's, and that's huge and that's oh, yeah. part of passion yeah, too sure. absolutely why are you here you're here to help somebody can i help hey yeah. can i give and sometimes that person you're helping is your colleagues or mm-hmm. your shift mates you know, hey, can I help you? Hey, can I take that for you? Hey, I know your relief. Listen, I know your relief comes in 630 like clockwork. Oh, yeah. You get dispatched at 625, <laughs> and you know you're not getting out till later. Yeah. You should step up for that assignment. Absolutely. Absolutely. But who's doing that? I mean, it's rare. Of course, there's people doing it, and bravo to people who are doing it, but not everyone is doing that. Right. I think those things are, that's where it starts. If we start doing those little tiny things. Passion. Find your passion. Be proud of your equipment. Hey, look, you know what? Equipment gets beat up. It gets dinged up. That doesn't mean it's not neat and it can't be ready to work. Um, your truck, you know, clean it. I, I spoke Find for- the pride because, you know what? Driving around in a nice, clean truck will make you feel good. Absolutely. Wave uh, to the kids. Yeah. This oh, is I something love that, doing that. This, this is, is something so that the fire service does that I don't think that EMS does. Fire gets it. PD gets it. Um you know, in our town, our you know, our we're lucky. The police agencies in our area are fantastic, uh, really professional agencies, and they got a lot of public outreach stuff. One of the things that I love with my uh, with my town is, you know, in the summer, the cops drive around. And they've got gift certificates oh, for, for free ice cream. Ice cream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they oh, see a kid cute. wearing their helmet or doing something good, yeah, they stop the kid and they're like, "Hey, nice job." Do you know what a home run that is? Oh well, the police need all the help they can get. They're getting bashed on the daily. So, yeah, I mean, it, right, but. But in certain instances, but they get it. 
like EMS, we can be doing the same things. It doesn't, and don't don't sit there as a bean counter and tell me it costs a lot of money. Give me right. a freaking break. Right, right. You know, stop it. You know, wave to the kids. Kids well, are thrilled by this stuff. You bef- know? Before, because I'm old. If I if I don't like get to my point, I'll forget. All right. Back to the dispatching. I think what also is lost, and I, I think that both fire, EMS, and police all should be doing this, is they should take new people, maybe even in EMT school, mm-hmm. and send them to dispatch. Oh my god, that was my orientation when I when I first signed on for my paramedic job. They made me sit a shift in, in dispatch. I, I was a dispatcher beforehand, and but like just dispatchers what they... need to be able to be in the trucks. Yes. Yeah, because if you don't understand what they're doing and they don't understand what you're doing, yeah, then the turnover doesn't make sense. It doesn't translate. Right. No, I mean, Absolutely. I think you know, understanding walk a mile in somebody else's Absolutely. shoes. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. that's and I think that's where you start it. I think that's maybe where we finish this up because. That's how you start it. Walk a mile in somebody else's shoes. Regain your passion. Find out what you loved about this. I'm gonna add do in, the little things. I'm gonna add in that you need to have some sort of emotional reaction to someone else's reaction. You have to be empathetic for someone who went through a bad call, or you have to be sympathetic for someone who went through a bad call. I may have never seen a dead baby in my life, but if you have, I understand pain. I understand anger. I understand fear. I have to understand that maybe you're going through that too. So even if you're dispatched, even if you're, you know, on the road, if you're a fireman, whatever it is, there are feelings that are normal and you have mm-hmm. to acknowledge them. And and finally, one of the point, another point that's something that we were so I see in the, the fire end. service. We were so close. I just well, because you I want to piggyback off okay. something. The fire service does this when somebody's not meeting the standard, the col their colleagues, their crew will point it out. Mm-hmm. And yes. they will get them straightened oh, out. Oh, yeah. I mean, it might, it might be what they want to hear. We don't but. do that in EMS. <laughs> we look at them. We roll their eyes. When they leave the room, we, we shit all over them. But yeah. nobody sits them down at the table and says, hey, when you did that, you disrespected us or you, you really made us look bad. That's not how we operate. Yeah, and you don't need a, a leadership point. to do that. That needs to start from the ground floor. Totally. I think we're our own we're our own best resource in almost everything that we do as far as training goes as far as uh you know culture goes and definitely as far as like communication especially when we have a big incident. Right. You're not going to run to your manager and be like I have to talk to you about something. I'm going to run to my partner. Yeah. And we have to learn to talk to each other and acknowledge the fact that like there's we need to embrace we, 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 we won't need, stand right. for it. We need to we embrace will. the informal leaders in our service just like fire does. Yeah. You know the senior man in a house has a hell of a lot of weight. Oh god. The senior man in the house or senior woman in the house has so much responsibility and they don't even realize it because everyone in one of my episodes we talked about Jersey City, mm-hmm. you know, the, how the senior man. Great this, episode, by the way. Thank you. Fantastic. The battalion chief is telling me that, yeah, I'm the battalion chief and yeah, we got captains and all that. But that senior man in the house, that's the guy we need because when there's a problem, they're going to him first and going, hey, how do I handle this? Yeah. And that person's going to go, eh. Hold off! Don't do that. Or you know what? You should, probably should be doing that. Like, do, 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 it's an you can't even put a price tag on that type of uh, responsibility. You know, and and uh, and it's an individual responsibility. That right, senior right. person takes that role. Right. Mm-hmm. And you have that in EMS, but I don't think it's it's widespread. No, I agree. And and then one one last thing I'll say before uh, we go is that um, recently I had a call, and uh, oh, war story. Yes. Yeah. 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 So. <laughs> I, I wish it was a fun one, but uh, we made a call for a special response, right, at work. Mm-hmm. And we, we get there, and we went to a stable. And there's a horse that was in one stall that had to be brought out to the, the hallway, if you will, or the whatever. Okay. It's the middle of the barn. So we get there, and 
listen, I don't have horses. I've never had horses. I I, I, I love animals. I was petting your dog earlier, you saw. Yeah, but, the dog uh, was petting you. Yeah, let's be was, honest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, I, there was no whatever. So that call messed me up. I don't know why. To this day, I don't know why. Hmm. But we we brought the horse, and it was a, it was a project. Yeah, I loved it because it was like we had to use our brains, mm-hmm. right? Because we need to lift this thousand pound horse up somehow, out of the stall and into the middle of the barn. And like I, I, I were using airbags, you know, we were using dollies and airbags and all this like hoisting. It, like it was awesome. It was it was fun. I got to right. work with my it's crew. A puzzle. It is. Yeah, yeah. I, I love that. By the way, so it was interesting, and I had a lot of fun. It was great, and but the end result was that you know the horse died. Okay. You know, um, not because of what we did. Just put that out there. The vet said, "Look, you know, the the horse was like laying on its side for whatever. It was thirty four years old." Okay. Oh well. So that, it okay. was, but that's yeah. So it was the right thing to do. Yeah. yeah. So the horse obviously wasn't able to make it make it up, and then, you know they euthanized it and stuff. And I don't know what it is. I don't know what it was, but I just find it interesting that I've literally picked up a human head mm-hmm. and put it in a biohazard bag. Uh, I've seen abdominal viscerations. I've seen dead babies. I've worked on dead babies. I mean, it goes on and on and on. Ped strikes, you name it. Right. But for whatever reason, this horse, y- you know, affected me so much so that like after the vet was done and the the owner was like laying on top of the horse crying and stuff, I, I had to leave. Like I literally, right. had to, I literally had to sure. walk away. And I, I remember walking out to the to the side of the barn and like kind of losing my shit, y- okay. you know, and um, you know, not you know, theatrics, just tearing up and, and feeling like, you sure. know, feeling crappy about it. So I walked away and I didn't want my crew to see me like that, obviously. So I walked away, but you know, we bus balls, right? Like the fire oh, yeah. service, we bus balls and we will give it to you if you, if you get, if you need it. But <laughs> what, what I, what I find interesting was like everyone in that crew followed me out. You, you know what I mean? Yes. And, and followed yeah. me, followed me to the truck and I didn't want them to see me that way. I, I went to the truck and they all stood around me. You know what I mean? And they all, like, we all, like, it It was a horse, <laughs> right? But it was just nice that they had me. They had my back. Like, I'm their boss, I'm whatever. But they didn't care at that point. We were all just humans. Right. We were humans. Right. And, and you know, I was kind of taken back with the way I felt over that incident. But the fact that they, those guys had me, that's what I love about the fire service. Like, that is what I can't explain to people, that, that passion. That aren't in it. Yeah, right. It's like being your brother's keeper, right? And and they could have easily made fun of me. They could easily like, really, dude, you can't handle like. But it wasn't like that, right? Like, there was none of that. It was just more like, yeah, yeah. It, that's it's being dug- your brother's keeper. Yeah, that's right. the. I think that's if you could sum up everything we talked about about the fire service in Versus one thing. EMS, that's yeah. that's where it is, and right. I think that's the key where EMS starts doing it. Like, we start becoming our brothers and sisters' keepers, and start in all aspects passion finding passion finding pride um and it's interesting for for that story because you've found you have pride you have brotherhood but they've also acknowledged the human side that human reaction right you know like it's just a horse it's a living being that you work to save right and that's a again a natural reaction to failure that sucks so yeah yeah. you're gonna go ahead and have that reaction and it wasn't something that like culturally they understood this wasn't something that they're gonna bust balls about Right. But they knew that in that moment you needed support. And again, you went through something painful. All they had to do was be there. And and they were. And, and you know, what, what struck me was like I've been on horrific calls, mm-hmm. you know, with, with humans and, and children and all this other stuff. 
and never had that reaction. Listen, we're, we, so can, we can go into emotional reaction if you want to, but yeah, we're, <laughs> at, we're at an hour seven, yeah, so yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but but I, I, I'll just uh, close on my end to just say that I appreciate having me on your show. This is the first for me that I've brought on another show. Um, I, I respect the hell out of what you're doing. I think that the Overrun is such an amazing uh, product, if you will, for for EMS and for individuals that are looking to maybe even get into this. Because mm-hmm. I found on my show that I have people that watch my show aren't firefighters. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we have that too. Yes. Which is weird. It's interesting, but like I'm, isn't I'm it? for it. It's yeah, fine. It's good. No, because it's great. I think, you know, and one person is an accountant. Okay. And, okay. And, and I said, uh, <laughs> why do you watch my show? Like, yeah, I'm just curious. And he goes, man, I just love what you guys do. And, and I've learned so much about what you do from your show. So to me, I think you're doing the same thing. And I think you should continue to do what you're doing. Yeah. And from what I hear, everyone that talks about it loves it. Thanks. Oh, uh, thanks. And that you're you're and making you're making an impact, you know. And I'll also have you know that today marks my one year anniversary of Pin the Q. Oh. Yay! Yes. Congratulations! Should we sing Happy you are Birthday? Episode forty six. All right, that's awesome. Cool. Yeah. Do we so sing Happy Birthday? I don't want to do <laughs> no, it. No, we don't. Do I'm that. not going to do that. <laughs> We're not doing that. But the feeling is mutual, dude. Thank like you're the stuff you. that you're you're putting out there, especially with your your uh, work with Next Rung. Yes. Like this is, I think it's so important for us to start bridging those gaps and like removing the stigma around the things that are killing us. Absolutely. And I think that you're doing a wonderful job of just spreading the word and putting Thank things you. out there. Thank you. I've had students come through my class. They're like, "Have you heard about Pin the Q?" I'm like, "Boy, <laughs> who do you think you're talking to?" <laughs> I heard about Pin the Q, and now I'm gonna be like, I sat next to Frank. You don't know me. You don't know me. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, so Frank, um, what's next for Pin the Q? What are you guys doing coming wow. up? And uh, we got you know, a lot. Plug your stuff, and got a lot. Got a lot on the, in the hopper right now. That's all I'll say. I, I was uh, just recently given a, a, a green light on an episode that is gonna be off the charts, man. Okay, yes. cool, cool. Yeah, I'm not gonna give it away. I love but, anticipation, uh, but it's gonna be uh, it's next level stuff, man. All right. Yeah, it requires nice. a, a plane trip. So all right, I'm pretty cool. excited. You gotta check all this stuff in bags. Wow. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah, There's I'm a like, whole setup. Hey, for look out, TSA. Know. Yeah, comes I might, I might actually queue. have to drive for this one. But, uh, <laughs> but. it's a nice drive though. Um, and uh, next strong. Obviously, you're involved with Next Rung. Yes. Uh, where uh, can they? Where can people reach out to them? Yep. So uh, I'm, I have stuff for you. Guys, and it's not actually. just fire. It's, no, absolutely not. They will yeah. talk to anybody. Yeah, They'll talk to cops, EMS cops, whatever. Cops, EMS, whatever. Yeah. So next Rung, we're looking at you, man. We mm, want to do this with you next. Nextrung.org. Oh, they're they're amazing people. I'm, they would definitely I'm in it. they would definitely do it. Cool. Nextrung.org is there is uh, they also you can get them on Instagram. Uh, next underscore Rung. Okay. Uh, and then on Facebook too, it's Next Rung Fire. So I'm going to leave these here with you, which actually I almost forgot. I have for gifts for you. Oh. I almost forgot. So you (gasps) have to have a patch. I have a patch? Yes. You have to. Oh, absolutely. These are great. Yeah, whatever. Awesome. (laughs) Not whatever. These are nice. And then, of course, you know, I always give out these awesome decals. Nice. Listen, if there's nothing that firefighters- We got to trade stickers. We we will do a sticker trade. Yeah, let's do it right now. Firefighters EMT have, right? You know, we, we do share the same passion. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Decals. Absolutely. Oh, yes. Actually, my decal is like. Tiny I mean, you can if you can just see like our water bottles. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Look at my know, water bottles. Frank's and mine. I mean, it's just you know, it's bananas. Do you want to do stickers right now? We may as well. We're on camera. Let's just do it. I, they're over in the other room. God damn it. Well, I have to get mine out of my bag. <laughs> there you go. Oh my god, there's so much more. Yes. Oh more. There's a whole package. So everybody has everything. So nice. everybody it's has going right on the water bottle, right on the Nalgene. Yeah. yeah. Got um, to hand it. Right next to this the This is going right sure. next to my uh, my medic one. I put it like strategically Sweet. on my driver's and, side so that the police officer knows. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and knows I brought an too. extra one for your husband. Oh, oh he's going to go bonkers. Awesome. He's going to do things. So, um, that's great. Thank you. That's great. So Pin the Cube Productions. Uh, Pin the Cube Productions on YouTube. You're on yep. Insta. Instagram, yeah. YouTube um, is big. You know, that's our, that's our main platform. Right. But we also have um, Pin the Cube on um, 
podcasts or whatever you, Apple. Okay, you're oh, on, on, you're on iTunes. Yeah, yeah, we're on iTunes, iTunes Spotify, right, you know, the whole right. thing. So you can find me there too. Awesome, great. Did you get on Amazon? Because I like to tell Alexa to play things. Oh really? Alexa, yeah. play the overall. Alexa, yeah. play pin the queue. It'll do it. And oh, you can do it in Samuel L. Jackson voice now. <laughs> it's fantastic. That's awesome. I'm gonna hey. be playing the mother. <laughs> <laughs> play the motherfucking. Overall. All right, yeah, all right, all right. Not right. Yeah, we're getting I, I explicit. Is it over? And uh, uh, talk about first. When when's the next first program? Where can they find it? So uh, first is actually run through my own LLC. So it's a uh, A and J Education uh, and Training. You. I know. I have like a whole company. I'm a business Way too owner. Fancy. Way right. too fancy. We'll link to it. All this stuff's going to be linked I'm an in the show woman. notes, you guys. So you don't have to worry about it. So our next um, our next uh, seminar is going to be uh, with Tom's River EMSPD. Nice. Uh, they are going through uh, our eight-hour program. Make uh, sure the program... Chris Hansen's on there. Who? Chris Hansen. <laughs> oh, is he? Dude. 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 Shout out to Dude, dude. on the uh, <laughs> up, dude? overrun. I love that. Um, so yeah, the the, the program <laughs> itself is something that we uh, we we cover in a, a wide format. So uh, we have our eight-hour program is something that covers. Um, we've created kind of another acronym for people because that's what we live on. Right. Uh, but we cover how to integrate your crisis so whatever uh, emotional reaction you're having in the moment so i'm calling it intra-crisis management uh where you integrate your own self-assessment into your patient assessment so you look at the patient we decide what's going on we decide how this is affecting me and we talk about how you can acknowledge that feeling and come back to it okay. instead oh, of cool. instead of tamping it down and oh my god like i'm just gonna drink my sorrows away like right. this is not the way to do this um, during the course of the uh, seminar, we give you some tools too, because okay. it's not fair for me to look at you and be like, "Don't do a thing," and not tell you how to do it. Uh, That's so, nice of you. Yeah, um, Jenny Zen Yoga is one of our uh, yoga instructors. Also, uh, Jen Stefner. Uh, she, hello, shout out, ladies. That's uh, cool. But they will. They've put together a program using our um, our philosophy and the, uh, the the theories that I have backing up uh, the actual application of this kind of thing. Uh, to give you like breathing techniques you can do in the moment that will take your sympathetic response down that will kind of ease the the, the stress of the shift so where were you when i had the, the horse oh right, right listen here, hey man. that would we'll give helpful. you we'll give you a, i know we'll give <laughs> actually you, you know what your crying was more helpful than the breathing was but we'll talk about that uh, in another episode. yeah we'll talk about it. um uh but the rest of it is uh you know we go into nutrition and it's not about like you know what you eat because you're a fat person because you're on a, on an apparatus it's more like you know if you eat a cheeseburger it's going to affect you emotionally because of the uh, because of the crash yeah uh, we talk true. about um fitness and it's not okay. because you know you have to be more muscular in order to do things it's because endorphins are a thing and they mm. bring you out of depress uh, depressive episodes and here are some exercises you can do during your shift that will break out your uh, your stress response uh and then finally we round out the uh the the program with learning how to talk to each other about you know the big things ptsd symptoms uh suicidal ideations uh substance abuse that kind of thing how to recognize that in the people that you work with and you care about and then how to talk to them without shutting them down because they're crunchy they're like yeah. uncomfortable topics i can't mm -hmm. look at you and be like hey bro you want to kill yourself yeah, because you, you absolutely not. Like, no. I sure don't. No, of course not. no, yeah. it's you know what's going on. How can I help you? How do I be here for you yeah. without you know pushing away? And we don't stress the idea that this is enough. We stress the idea that this is a bridge to professional help. Okay. Uh, so if you're interested in that program, you can contact me. Uh, we'll put the email in the notes. Uh, but it's Anna at ajeducation.net. Okay. Uh, and we have a whole bunch of other product lines you can kind of look into as far as training goes. But that's our big product right now. 
Very nice. Yeah, yeah. and uh, talking more about the uh, yoga for first responders, which is going to be a big thing. Oh, yeah. Um, why, we uh, are why YFFR. FFR. Yeah. Uh, we'll put some show notes in there. We do have um, our own yoga for first responders uh, instructor. Yeah. Uh, it's not crunchy granola yoga. It's a workout, but it also teaches you how to handle your core strength and make things yeah. better. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to have Jen from Jenny Zen Yoga on mm-hmm. uh, to talk about that because it's going to be a big, um, it is a big thing. It's something that a lot of fire departments are starting to do um and they're seeing some benefits from so that's going to be an upcoming episode with us uh this is probably our longest episode we've ever had uh but I'm, so I'm down for it it's, it's cool, cool. cool. Uh, we had a lot of things we did a, you know i feel like law and order now we did like a crossover <laughs> it's copyrighted we can't use that now stop oh i'm, I'm not the right them. key i'm not the right key um, it's different it's a different song but uh you won't pick it up hey frank's br- frank bro thanks for coming in absolutely uh, this is great yeah, totally. let's do some more uh down the road we can absolutely find, yeah, as we find yeah. topics yeah, uh yeah. I think this would be great and uh, looking forward to being on your show and having you guys on ours. And thanks Likewise. for the swag. We're going to oh, yeah. leave with some swag. I just wasn't prepared. So uh, we got to leave him with some swag. We'll yeah. put pictures up. Yeah, we'll put pictures. Yes. Yeah. So. All right. So for the overrun, I'm Dan. I'm Anna. I'm Frank. And uh, thanks for listening. <laughs>